Previously, on Broken Link Radio. Timmy gets caught in quicksand. Lassie gets into a fight. Those are dogs fighting on television. This was entertainment in the, in the series. Right. Acceptable. Dog acceptable. on television. Do you think it ever gets any better than this? I take Zola for my anxiety. This is this song is what I feel like if I accidentally take two. <laughs> but that right there, Gabe, is an eight-year-old dancing. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hoppus is almost 50 years old. Well, you know, I was going to say, thank goodness he has his clothes on at all. Doing Fortnite dances. No more children. That's... Can we get rid of the children? <laughs> oh, the police department. Yeah, what are they going to have for a fundraiser? A donating contest? Apparently in North Carolina, they do. The Dr. Fauci? Bobblehead. And he's now one of the biggest names in the country. Bobblehead. Everybody, wash your ass. And decidedly stupid, this is Broken Link Radio. Jim Cadley's back. Jim, what is going on? <laughs> Jim is dead. I'm Bradley C. Baker. <laughs> this Doom guy. Doesn't work when you're trying to do it loud. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that the Super Nintendo slogan, play it loud? I was trying to give you some Doom sound effects. Oh, you were trying to play the Doom sound effect. I was trying to imitate the Doom sound effects. You know, for old time's sake. I'm just mesmerized by the last ninja's eyes. I would did the same thing. I did the same thing when I when it's, I was getting the audio for it. I was like, this is the most fascinating and worthless video I've ever seen on YouTube. Dude, the last ninja's eyes are really pretty. Yeah, I know it's got like uh it's got like equalization uh, levels and stuff on it. It's really cool. So I've uh, I've introduced Jim, even despite our technical difficulties, and Gabriel the Archangel's here. Gabe, what's going on? Not too much. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing fantastic. I'm super excited that we're here and in full effect and in full force and full strength. And I've got a sad announcement, Jim. What's that? Uh, we lost the uh, BrokenLinkRadio.com domain about two years ago. <laughs> Did we have a domain? Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, 
So the, the, the website's moved to uh, brokenlinkradio.wordpress.com, which is where you can get the uh, podcast, and you can also stream stream the podcast uh, through YouTube, which Word, is... Uh, WordPress sounds like something like chicks use. It is something that chicks use. Oh, okay. For okay. the most part. They write, so. they write their recipes down. That's exactly what other, it sounds like it would be. They tell each other how to find, uh, how to find the clitoris um, and all those types of things. Um, as far as I know, Jim, you're working from the ho- from the house, right? No, I'm actually working from the office. I so, thought you had to move into the house from from no, work. We've got a we've got a small office. There's like 15 of us, maybe 16. So okay. there's like three or four of us left in the office. Oh, okay. So everyone but Jim is sort of holed up in the office, and uh, Gabe's running around in Tucson for recreational purposes. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know of any hairdressers that are open right now. Gabe? Uh, nope. As of the 4th, they're all shut down here. I haven't had a haircut. I haven't had a haircut in probably five weeks. And since I normally shave my head down, <laughs> I'm doing okay. But it's start- you get into that weird in-between spot where it's starting to like, it's not a full, it's not like a buzz cut anymore and it's not a hairstyle yet. So I hate it the most when it's right here. So, what are what are you doing about your haircut, Wait, Jim? So five weeks, dude. You, what were you shaved bald? Yes. Because it's it's not that. Oh, okay. Because it's not that long. Well, it's it's disappearing into the camera. Like the my backdrop is dark, so you can't quite see it. But yeah, it's much longer. It's probably about probably about it's probably about an inch and a half. Well, it's not that bad. What's it? an inch and a half in five weeks? It's, uh, <laughs> an inch and a half in five weeks doesn't sound too bad. That sounds like a slow grow. Oh, you fag! <laughs> um. But so it's funny you bring this up because we just went to Syracuse to visit my son, who uh-huh. is eighteen or nineteen, and he's working at an insurance agency. So he's living on his own. Semi, so semi. Have one to made it to eighteen so far. And he and he is looking like a freaking Bee Gee. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> That's funny because I only ever I only ever see his uh, his uh, Facebook uh, avatar picture, which is I don't know if it's more than a year old or Ava- not. Avatar, but he's Ava- got he's got like uh, he's got like the early two thousands uh, short over. What do you, I don't yeah, even know what that's yeah, called. Kind of. The up and over thing? I don't going? know. I, I don't know what you call it, but yeah, it's 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 usually just the a Chandler. shortcut. It's called the Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> so so we see, I, I get out of the car and I don't even recognize the kid because he's he's just looking like uh, one of the Brady Bunch. Right. And uh, so so we went to Walmart and got a, like a hair trimmer thing and my, my wife just, yeah. you know, just went nuts. So I bought myself a uh, a set of clippers probably three months ago. And I bought those clippers uh, with the understanding that uh, you go to Supercuts. Like, when you get your hair shaved like mine, you just go to Supercuts and you just tell them, hey, get a zero out, cut it all down, get rid of my sideburns and round out the back. And then you give them $15 and, and all that. So when I have such an easy haircut, I can do a couple things. I can cheat every once in a while, once once every other month, and I can just buzz all my own hair off. Right. But the la- but the specific purpose that I got these clippers for last time were to uh to uh to do a little trimming below the belt. 
So now my dile- now my dilemma is that I haven't had a haircut in five weeks, and it's time to shave my head. But my only option to shave my head, uh, where I'm at right now, is to or my two options are to buy another set of clippers, or shave my head with the clippers that I shaved my balls with. Oh, I thought you meant your legs. No. Why would I shave my legs? You, you said below the belt. Clean. Well, not everything below the belt. <laughs> Just the twig and berries. Okay, so you don't want to use the same. Well, no. So just the guard is touching that. What's that? The the guard is the only thing that's touching that hair. The guard and the blades. No, I. Well, I don't use a guard because I use. I just yeah. Shave it all off. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. So I I either go out and get another fifty fifty dollar pair of clippers. Excuse my voice. And uh, or I uh, shave my head with with my ball hair. (laughs) Wait a minute. So you. I don't get this here. You shampoo okay. your hair, don't you? Yes. So what's the problem? What do you mean? I. So you're you're worried about using the same the same clippers and yeah, guard you don't on your hair. Shampoo the clippers. Okay, but you're 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 worried about touching your hair with the same clippers they that should you both be clean areas. Yeah. Well, there, we know that that's not true, but but my point. But my point is, you're going to shampoo your hair, right? I mean, it's not like. Oh, so since I'm since I'm gonna hop in and wash my head anyways, I should should have no reservations about. Well, how, how about the dude? How much stuff is getting on her hair? On the, <laughs> how much? St- maybe maybe we shouldn't go too much into this, but yeah, yeah. So, but so that that was my dilemma. But in terms of so, your wife cuts your hair, correct? Correct. Yeah, but there's no. No discernible trade skills within five miles of me in a five mile radius. <laughs> so <laughs> the room I'm the room I'm sitting in. All right, the room I'm sitting in was uh, lit was lit and uh, I bet it was. Yeah, lit, bro. Uh, it's been lit, and the electricity was wired by my brother. And <laughs> oh, no. uh, behind me, there is a tangle of cords that are being held up by twist ties. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody in the family knows how to cut hair either. I'm sp- I'm sending the inspector over to your home immediately. <laughs> does it do, does the basement count? Oh yeah. Okay, so like if the basement isn't in code, what happens if you're living in the house and the house isn't up to code? Do they just find you? Or? I, I that's a good question. I don't know. I I would say that they give you a certain amount of time to fix it, and oh, then they come back and find that you. That was just when you sold the house or when you when you applied to remodel or something is when they kind of like well i mean they're not going to come into your house just on a whim unless they unless they get a tip off <laughs> <laughs> i got a i got a tip about a, about a dirty basement <laughs> well i mean a, a faulty wire in your basement could set fire out you still set fire to your house oh it's fire in here all right yeah it's fire in here all right fire! Uh, so i fancy myself to be a little bit of a public speaker i was almost excited for my grandfather's funeral because I was going to have a big audience, and I was going to be able to stand up, and no, I'm just kidding. That's not exactly that's not exactly how I went down. However, this past summer, my grandfather passed away, and so uh, my grandfather's service was in the Parrington Park, and it was pretty cool. Uh, there was a bunch of old friends there, and uh, a lot, it was a lot of people that we didn't know. And I I said this at the service that uh, a lot of times we don't realize the impact that we have on other people's lives because I met people that I didn't know that my grandfather knew. And I'm pretty sure that my grandfather didn't know that he knew them either. 
but he did make an impression on them every day of his life uh, by the way he would travel around town and do his thing. So, you know, whenever there's a group, this may happen to you at work or or maybe in, maybe at church or a lot of public settings where somebody's directing a conversation or somebody's in charge of a meeting. What happens inevitably is somebody opens up the floor and says, okay, if anybody has anything to say or if anybody has any questions, uh, you know, raise your hand, uh, speak up now, or whatever. Every single time, or I feel when I'm in that situation, everyone just sits there waiting for somebody else to stand up. And I'm the only person who has so little shame that I will stand up right, and, and just break the ice. You know, so... I started to feel that weird tension where everyone's just kind of looking, hey, are you going to say something? Is she, she going to say something? I don't want to say anything, right? And so I was just like, whatever. I'll, I'll raise my hand. I'll, I'll stand up and talk. And uh, I feel like I cut a pretty good promo. A promo a promo for the show? No. <laughs> no. Just <laughs> I, 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 was, I, was, I felt like I was in the zone when it comes to uh, telling a story, making a point, you know, eulogizing my grandfather slightly, uh, but really talking to people about what what was important to me about my grandfather's life, right? right? All that mushy stuff. But sometimes when you're on a roll, you just know it. And I'm like, man, this is going, oof, boy, this is a good one, right? <clears throat> and then so uh, the minister who was directing the service uh, is, some, is somebody that you know and I know. We grew up around. Uh, and uh, we've had a little bit of a checkered past. And he got up and said, you know, Brad, that was very, very eloquent. That was that was awesome. You know, I took that as a compliment for what it was because you and I both were in those preacher boy clubs where we'd have to stand up and that very same person would tell us how we don't know what we're talking about and we were terrible speakers, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a nice little ad, addy, attaboy. I was feeling good. I sat down. Yeah, killed it. So a mutual friend of ours also uh, visited me for that for that service. And it just kind of gave her the look like, hey, yeah, that's right. I got up in front of 200 people and just killed it right now. Mm-hmm. And so then the minister starts to talk, and he and he conducts a service. And he goes on, and he goes on. And I'm, now it's getting uncomfortable. Now there's people. The uh, the facility that the service is being held in became overcrowded. Like, like when you see those old pictures of tent revival meetings back in the 1700s, it was like that. Where there's, I'm running, I'm running out of the auditorium and setting up chairs outside and trying to tell people how to hopefully listen to what's being said. Some women are right? fanning themselves. Yes. There's right, visible exactly. sweat. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's lots of sweat. Way too much sweat as there's mint fact. juleps. So I'm out there. My uncle is one of my uncles is not even on um not even on the the concrete patio of the auditorium outside of the building. So he's not even hearing what's happening in the service now. That's how many people are here, right? Uh, and the minister's going on and on. It's kind of getting uncomfortable. I'm like, man, he's got to wrap it up. Like, this is this is too long for what we're trying to do here, right? Because my my uh, my grandfather wasn't a uh, a church going, uh, you know, religious zealot, anyways. Right. So it wasn't exactly uh, the 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 audience to just go on and on. So I'm just thinking, man, this is getting a little uncomfortable. How long this is? So minister wraps up. Everybody shakes a hand. Now now people are coming up to me after the service and go, Brad, thank you so much for standing up and I really appreciated what you had to say about grandpa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm I've got my inflated ego, as we all know that I do. And I'm feeling, man, killed it again. So then our mutual friend, Jim, uh, who came to visit me from Syracuse. Right. I was I kind of gave her the, hey, yeah. 
She's like, yeah, you got up there and talked about your grandpa. I said, sure did. I said, you know, that minister, it seemed like he took forever. How long did he go? Like 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. She goes, Brad, you went five minutes longer than he did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you would ever shut up. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but again, I felt like I was in the zone, so I thought I was killing it. And, and to be fair, I, a lot of people liked what I had to say, but, uh, so how long did he go? I was of the impression that he went 30, 35 minutes. I've been told that the reality was that he really did only go about 20 minutes. So you went, you went 25 minutes, uh, man. If you told, if you put a gun to my head and asked me if I went 25 minutes, I would tell you no to this day. But, uh, so then. Uh, after she said, Brad, you went five minutes longer than he did. I go, there's no freaking way. Cause I feel like it didn't even say that much. Uh, although it was good stuff. I'm like, boy, this is good. This is a good one. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so then I go to my mom. I said, uh, my mom is one of those people who said, oh yeah, I really appreciate what you said about grandpa. And you know, of course my, my widowed grandmother was very, was very appreciative of what I had to say. She said, I couldn't quite hear everything you said. I had a hard time hearing. Okay. But everybody liked it. I said, you know, it's interesting, Mom, because my friend uh, said that uh, said that uh, I went too long. She said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I mentioned to her that the minister seemed to be going on forever, and uh, I just didn't think it was appropriate for the for the audience and the, and the occasion. She goes, oh, yeah, you definitely went just about as long as he did. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I maybe was that she guy. Just did a, maybe she should have done the whole service. Hey, maybe I could have, but what was funny was though, I, I promise you, cause you know what I'm talking about where whenever you have that meeting, nobody says anything until somebody says something. And I, right. I'm always that guy just because I know that about groups, you know? So I, I was just like, well, I know somebody's going to have to stand up. I know it's going to be me because at least I won't suck. So I got up and then after I went, then, you know, one of my uncles went, then another one of my uncles went so on and so forth. And then everybody had a good cry and, and all that. But uh, I was... Nobody wants to be the first guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess I don't care. Except you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm the asshole. I'm like, hey, yeah, follow that, some bitches. <laughs> oh, so... So so how, how long did the other people go? Two minutes, uh, three minutes? You know, it was varying. Some people had just a little bit to say. Some people went for three, four, five minutes, you know. But I, from yeah. what I understand, I went just as long as the minister, if not longer. And I kicked it off with a... With a uh, a filibuster, if you will. What do you mean? I, I, to break the ice, I started by filibustering. By, is what I what I was told, which I didn't realize at the time. Well, a, fil- a filibuster is something that isn't that something that like stops the conversation, or stops like the. No, it prolongs the conversation. Okay. It it yeah, a filibuster is a is an overly long um, diatribe to prevent action from being taken okay. <laughs> that's what you did so I, I, yeah that's what i did but ironically it was i wanted to start the action i wanted to start the conversation but i did so by going on longer than the minister ever did right so submission accomplished yeah and the funny part was is i i was how i walked away feeling so good about it until i until everyone until everyone that i came in contact with told me that i went too long i thought i was i thought it was great well, I mean, is there a recording uh, of this event? Probably not. No, no, there isn't. Um, I have some good news for us, though, Jim. What? Uh, I've received a few uh, ad reads that we're going to be reading uh, for our second segment because we're lazy. And instead of making actual content, we're just going to read our ads 
live. Oh, goody. Yeah, so uh, I have. you should have some that you are assigned, and then I have some that I'll be reading, and that's coming up next on Broke Link Radio. Chuck Yeager here. Old soldiers never die, but neglected batteries do. That's why I feel better with a Delco battery under the hood. Seal tight and maintenance free, with plenty of startup power to handle cold winter nights. Delco batteries and deep cycling Delco Voyager batteries. Land or sea, they're maintenance free. And now get up to $5 rebate on all Delco batteries. See your AC Delco retailer for details. But act soon. This offer ends December 19th, 1987. Winter colds. Here's how New England fishermen keep going. When I catch a cold, it's a tough one, and the only thing that seems to help me is Alka Salsa Plus. I get aches and pains, runny nose, nasally, and Alka Salsa Plus works every time. When I get a cold, my head feels like it's three feet thick. Alka Salsa Plus helps break through, helps me get back on my feet. Alka Salsa Plus cold medicine, fast, effective relief for tough winter colds. Use as directed. In a word, it works. Unquestionably, it was the fight of the century, yet it was only the first of many to come. The World Series of 1903, that was the first World Series in baseball history. A contest between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Boston Red Sox. And you know what? For the first game in that historic first ever battle between the National League and the American League, the Red Sox manager sent to the pitcher's mound, of all people, Denton Tecumseh. And the record book now confirms that he was the losingest pitcher of all time. Why Boston decided to start him against Pittsburgh? Well, that's something as significant as the World Series itself. You see, Denton Tecumseh's theory of baseball pitching was that a pitcher should let a batter hit the ball as often as possible. That way, Denton said, your arm won't get so tired. And it seemed in the first game of that first series, Denton's theory was working out sort of. Pittsburgh's first two batters did get some wood on the ball. They did go down in order, but then almost literally the game was over. Because that second out was followed by a Pittsburgh triple, a single, a stolen base, an error, a double steal resulting in a run. And the score after one inning was Pirates 4 and Red Sox zip. You got to hold him, Denton was told as he went to the mound in the top of the second. And he did his best. The first batter was Pittsburgh's Beaumont. Denton actually struck him out. Next batter, Clark hit a single to right. But he got overconfident, tried to stretch it to a double. He was thrown out, two down. The third batter, Leach, flied out to right. So it appeared that Denton Tecumseh had turned things around. But then in the third inning, Pittsburgh's Bransfield blasted a triple off him. Then Sebring single to right, scoring Bransfield. Now it's five to nothing. The Boston pitcher's peril continued in the seventh, an RBI, and then a home run. Now the Red Sox were done. Oh, they'd... They did manage to squeeze out a couple of runs in their half of the seventh and one more in the bottom of the ninth. And yet the defeat of the Boston team at the hands of a supposedly inferior National League club, the defeat, the ignominious defeat, was charged to Denton Tecumseh, who was to lose more games on Major League mounds than any other player in baseball history.
If you forget everything else I say about Denton Tecumseh today, I want you to remember two things. First, he was the losingest pitcher in all major league history. But then I want you to remember one thing more. Today's visit is going to give you a new perspective. When later this season, awards bearing his name will be passed out to the best pitchers in baseball. You see, not only did Denton lose more games than any other pitcher in history, a total of 313, he won more games as well, 511 of them. And it's this latter record for which the sports world hails him, a hurler who was actually two in one, a hero and a bum, Denton Tecumseh Young, whom you know as Cy Young. And this year when the Cy Young Awards are passed out to the best of the best of the pitchers, you'll know the rest of the story. Oz Broken Link Radio. Jim, I'm so excited today because we're going to start monetizing the podcast. Woohoo, money! That's everyone's favorite word and term in business is monetization. How do you monetize what you're doing? And I'll tell you how. The good old-fashioned way. With ads. We're going to bombard these people with ads, Jim, and we're going to start today. I've got Everybody ads on ads. ads. I've got ads, ads for ads' sake. Ads. My ads are like my abs. These ads are heavy. <laughs> it's got all these words, war ads on them. <laughs> so uh, I got a couple companies that are interested in investing in the project. So sweet, I'm really excited. How, how did they to, hear about us? Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I got them in some. I got them in some uh, shady looking mail that came uh, to my regular mailbox, uh, and some of the some of the letters were made with cut and pasted letters out of magazines. Oh. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. But if the check clears, it's fine. Exactly. It doesn't matter to me. Right. It's all about the moolah and monetization. Sweet. So uh, I think I've got I've got a couple. You've got maybe two or three. And uh, let's, we might as well, again, we could have just done a real segment on the show, but I think it would be way cooler to, A, monetize the podcast and monetize and get a segment out of doing nothing other than reading the ads anyways. This is a genius move. Reading's fun. So I, I'm going to give you a countdown, and then you go ahead and you, you do your first read. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. When we moved this summer, we had to say goodbye to our house, old white neighborhood, and our fitness instructor. Luckily, we work out at Lean Extremes, a white nationalist chain with over 300 locations across the country. When we arrived in Maryland, it was so easy to settle in. We love our new home. Hit it off with the neighbors, well, except Lamar and Rwanda. Luckily, our family has a safe space to lock the doors with Lean Extremes segregated treadmills. To find out where the nearest Lean Extremes location is to you, visit their website at <laughs> runwhiteonly.com. 
and click on their directory. That's runwhiteonly.com, your number one club for fitness across America without the hassle of blacks. <laughs> Wait, does it, it was a, is it a national chain it said? Uh, I think it was nationalist. Nationalist chain. It might have. It might have been national. It's a nationalist fitness chain. What's What's the difference? Who are we in bed with? <laughs> it, it, as long as the check clears, Brad. Uh, Remember. Right. All right, I've got one. Now I'm not. I'm not near as good of a reader as you are, Jim. I I don't know if I'm just retarded or slightly dyslexic. Readers or leaders? Uh, both. Oh, not either. Readers or. are leaders. Oh. I thought you said or. Uh, yeah, apparently, I'm not that apparently good I don't speak English either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, you give me my countdown. I'm going to try and get this in one take. You ready? Okay. Ready. Three, two, one. Hey, are you still trying to get that yard into shape? Enough is enough, I say. A real man isn't afraid for asking for a little help. Well, I know when I called Landscaper Depot, they helped me out of a real bind. You see, my in-laws were coming from, in from overseas and were expecting... I got to start that one again, Jim. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right, here we go. <clears throat> I told you, you were going to do much better than I did. Three, two, one. Hey, are you still trying to get that yard into shape? Well, enough is enough, I say. A real man isn't afraid of asking for a little help every once in a while. Well, I know when I called Landscaper Depot, they helped me out of a real bind. You see, my in-laws were coming from overseas and were expecting to see a garden paradise. With weeds everywhere, yellow grass, and a lump of God knows what in the corner, I needed help and I needed it fast. Because it... Because it was an emergency, oh boy, <clears throat> we'll just take it from because. Because it was an emergency, as they called it, they arrived almost immediately with droves of homeless Mexicans. <laughs> Landscaper Depot was able to leverage their black market Mexicans. Oh, damn it. <laughs> we're going to ta- take it. <laughs> I, li- I liked yours better. I liked black yours. market Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take it from Landscaper Depot. All right, give me another three, two, one. Three, two, one. <laughs> All right. Landscaper Depot is able to leverage their black market database of drifting minorities to get to the Drifting minorities. Yeah, okay. Give me another countdown. I'll take it from Landscaper Depot. Three, two, one. Landscaper Depot is able to leverage their black market database of drifting minorities to get you the manpower you need and get it fast. Needless to say, boy, three, two, one. Needless to say, calling Landscaper... (laughs) Needless to say, calling Landscaper Depot saved my yard, my skin, and probably my marriage. Check them out at 188-555-7742. That's Landscaper Depot at 188-555-7742. Because you never know when you'll need more Mexicans. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, I'll tell man. you what, these checks better clear. That was a good read. <laughs> All right. I, I, again, you're just going to prove that you're a much better reader than I am with a better I'm voice. not. That's the thing is I'm not. I can't believe I, I haven't tripped more than I have. I will. It's just it's coming. I feel like mine was wordier than your first one. Plus, you really don't like black people, so. <laughs> it's a lot, it came from the heart. That's just a rumor. <laughs> All right. Next take on three, two, one. You've always wanted to retire in style. Unfortunately, it's harder to enjoy the good when you're more worried about crap in your pants. 
Research shows that the specialty diet of Green Gables retirement homes helps the community enjoy 25% fewer fecal emergencies. There's no need to cut the lawn, shovel the driveway, or climb unnecessary stairs. You'll always have more time, more energy, and cleaner underpants. <laughs> Those are just three great benefits of living at Green Gables. Green Gables, the world at your doorstep, without all the crap. See, that was excellent. I want to go, go there. Yeah, see? There. <laughs> all right, so I'm really excited about this next sponsor because it's a little bit more of a personality brand. <clears throat> I did check this one out before we did this. I'm not so sure. I'm you not vetted so it? What's that? <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you might. You swung by the place and checked it out and. Oh, vetted it. No, yeah. Uh, I'm taking a swig of water so I don't uh, cotton mouth my way to misery here. All right, Jim, give me a countdown and I'm going to knock this one out in one take. All right. Ready. Three, two, one. Hey, girls. <clears throat> I'm going to let you in on a little secret. <laughs> it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. Admit it. You need new slutty clothes for the club, and you need them for your next big weekend. Who cares if you won't remember what's what went on that night? That's why shopping at Miranda's Boutique on Fifth Avenue is my recommendation. They have everything, and yes, I mean everything. <sighs> what happened? I I messed up the emphasis. 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 That's why shopping at Miranda's Boutique on Fifth Avenue is my recommendation. They have everything, and yes, I mean everything that you need to look and feel just slutty enough on the dance floor or even in the office. <laughs> Come to the corner of Monroe and Clinton and walk out looking like you work the corner of Monroe and Clinton. Nice. Now, I'm trying to picture Monroe and Clinton, and um, I don't know. Is it is it like that? Well, did they close? Did, I was down on Monroe Avenue a couple months ago. And I did not see Showworld. Did they close like the world's biggest porn store? There's actually one right by my office. <laughs> There's a Showworld. <laughs> like it's not even thirty seconds away from my building. Right. So, but I don't know. I don't. So, so Gabe, Gabe, uh, up here in Rochester, Showworld is like the uh, what's the name of that porn store over on Thomas in in uh, Scottsdale? Scotts. Oh, is it the Castle? Not the castle, no. Isn't that a strip club? I thought that was a strip club. No, I think there are some cat. It could be. I don't know. Huh. Right over on, um, it's like Thomas and, uh, and you don't know where I'm talking about. No, there's one on Thomas and over oh, by Scottsdale and Thomas. Scottsdale and Thomas is where I'm talking about. Is there one? No, I don't venture out that way yeah. too much. There's a little seedy one over by 35th Avenue and Thomas. Well, there's there's CD porn stores all over Phoenix. I thought that's like the main commerce out there. Pretty much, yeah. How much? How many implements in your bedroom come from that CD porn store? <laughs> One, two, three. I don't know. There's too many to <laughs> bedroom implements. <laughs> when was the last time? When was the last time any of us did a full full inventory of our of our uh, of our marital aids? A sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Every couple of years, you have to you have to sift through them. You're like, no, this one's no good. Ah, we'll keep, we'll keep. That's a keeper right there. What is that on that one? <laughs> I forgot what this does. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, I think that that's going to be a good sponsor. I think that uh, Miranda's Boutique. Yeah, is, time is, will tell. It's always good. the ones that you don't think. Yeah, that, that you end up coming through. 
All right, I'll give you a countdown, and you. Uh, we'll see if we can't get. See, the I don't know these, if uh, I want to. I, I was going for a, a Brooklyn accent with this one, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. So, you know, I think that your intuition is great. You've you've nailed every read so far. Uh, I don't know. I think you're really delivering the message that our advertisers want to get out there. So, so I trust you on this okay. one, Jim. All right, three, two, one. Alert, alert. Be gone, maxed out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collections agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do. Call our guy, Tony. Even if your credit is less than perfect, Tony will make it happen. You can do it, and he can help. People tend to listen to Tony. And if they don't, Tony knows other guys. Call now, 555-6622. That's 555-6622. Tony. How come Tony doesn't have a business number? <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> it's just a regular said... number. <laughs> I I think it's for the better. I think it's be- he works better that way. It keeps him off the grid. How do you go about repairing your credit by, by personality alone? Right. That's the idea. I know a guy. And also, why is the business called I Know a Guy? I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. How many guy, people yeah. have you worked with? How many people have you worked with that also know a guy? It's a friend of a friend. Everybody's got a, I know a friend how, of a I friend. I love how not only yeah, not only does Tony not only do you know Tony, that's the guy you know, but Tony knows other guys. He knows guys. Tony knows a, Tony knows a Tony. Um, there's there's a situation like that down in Arizona where, uh. You know a Juan Lopez, and Juan Lopez also knows another Juan Lopez. I actually <laughs> knew, I knew a Juan Lopez who was renting a house from a landlord whose name was Juan Lopez, and that's not a joke. That's crazy, but that's like any it's like any nationality. I mean, like you said, you got the Tony. Uh, I can't think I of a last Juan. name now, but <laughs> I know <laughs> <Yeah>. a Juan. <laughs> yeah, the English people got Smith. Yeah. The Italians got, you know, Calabrese or whatever it is. Do you know any Calabreses? I know I know two Calabreses. Yeah, my grandfather. Oh, is that that's your grandfather's last name? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of any I couldn't think of any other stereotypical last names. I work uh, I worked, last names. uh I worked at Wendy's with uh with a Calabrese actually. And oh, yeah? uh yeah, she's a pretty cool chick. The uh I was just thinking um I was thinking you're a big fan of daytime television, right, Jim? Um. Yeah, I wish I had more time for it. We, well, all, all, if you <laughs> want, we all. I, as far as I know, if you want to free up time to watch more daytime television, it's pretty easy. You just don't go to work. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in daytime television as a kid. I think that's where it's rooted. Yeah. Well, we've talked before about how much you love The Price Is Right. Oh uh, yeah, I love it. What are your What are your current daytime go tos? Well. I have I really haven't had time to sit down with daytime TV as much as I have in the past, but I used to love the uh the Regis and Kelly show. Regis and Kelly. That was a big one for me. And then and then Regis walked out and my, uh Michael, Michael what's his name came in from the Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. So I don't know if he's still I don't think he's still on the show. Yeah, there's uh it's Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. Really? I believe it's Kiki. Oh, so Kelly left. Kelly left the show then. Gabe, is it is that the third person on that show? Is their name Kiki? Can you look that up? So, so there's Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki, and it's it's funny because Sarah got pregnant for a little while, and that's when Kiki. I'm gonna probably watch. Gabe's gonna look it up and find out that's not her freaking name. It'll be like Beth or something. 
<laughs> Kiki, where did that come from? So what's funny is it was the Strahan and Sarah show, right? Sarah got pregnant, and so Kiki that squeezed whore. her way in, squeezed her way into the show. And then when Sarah oh, came yeah. back, now the sh- now the show's they changed the name of the show to Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki, or whatever the hell her name is. That's exactly what happened. Why did they ch- add Kiki <laughs> to Strahan and Sarah? She came in, in this summer when I was on maternity leave and Michael was doing Michael. She said, we love Kiki because she stepped up to the plate and joined our family and carried the ball. Then Palmer pushed a button and the screen showing the show's name switched to Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. So there, yeah. So <laughs> I spend very little time logged in with Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. However, I do know that whole saga. So you used to be a Regis and Kelly person. I never watched that show. I remember that your yeah. your father-in-law used to watch that show a lot. Really? That yeah. I did not know. Yeah. But that was right around the time of my, my waking up time, you know, 9 o'clock. Um, on the weekends, it's a lot later sure. than that. But um, And then uh, Price is Right was the inevitable climax of my morning. <laughs> my climax my climax of the morning usually happens before I get out of bed. <laughs> So, so somewhere along there, you know, you'd, you'd switch channels and Rachel Ray would be on or whatever. And I, I, I'd watch the Rachel Ray a little bit. <clears throat> have you I don't seen, know if she's still have you on, seen but... Rachel Ray recently? Uh, no, I have not. So just on the cover of dog food. So <laughs> her fledgling dog food business. <laughs> she's on the cover of dog food. At one point she was on the cover of for him magazine. Now she's on the cover of dog food. <laughs> it's delish. It's Rachel Ray's del- Delish. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah. That's a terrible name for dog food. Well, it's it's a spinoff, I think, of her human food. Her human food line. Oh, see, I had that confused because I thought her human food was dog food. No, it could be. It's a little it culinary the joke stuff. there, everybody. Um, but she's she's been beset by some uh, some headaches, as far as that goes. I as, From what I hear is that her dog food was recalled at some point in time. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So I do... Rachel Ray, I believe, comes on right after the, right out not at the Price is Right, but right after Family Feud, and I love the Family Feud, always have, always will. So Rachel Ray is on a lot during the midday, but with everyone being stuck at their house, Rachel Ray, I don't know whether the studio is pressuring her to do this or if it's like part of her syndication deal or what it is, but they're making her do at least two episodes new in her house. Every week. And two episodes a week, like as opposed to five episodes a week in her house with her husband running a camera on her cell phone. And that's like, that's what's going on. And what's even better than that is I don't think she's really into it because, uh, (laughs) I don't know if, I don't know if I can even find anything, but she, I swear to God, she doesn't even do her hair. Like she, she'll start making whatever. Like, uh, this really happened. Oh, boy, I just smashed the mic. Sorry. Um, smashing mic. Smashed it. Uh, at one point last week, Rachel Ray splooged some sort of cream sauce on the floor. Splooged. She said she looks at the camera who who are, that her husband is holding and says, "I'll be right back. I got to clean this off." And on television, as part like as part of the Rachel Ray show, somebody who makes like twenty million dollars a year. She runs and goes to the bathroom on TV, just disappears, and her husband starts just whistling <laughs> like that. Oh, that was television. That's horrible. So if there's any reason for coronavirus, to for us to get over the coronavirus, this is so that we can get Rachel Ray to her hairdresser 
at the studio because she, she, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's like that she's just grumpy about doing it or if it's that uh, she doesn't know how to actually do her hair. I mean, I, I well, we, somebody like that's been so used to being groomed and and made up and stuff and and put the, in front of the camera in such a way that her whole routine is thrown. Yeah, out and there's now. there's one of other one of other two other things that are happening. Also, she either doesn't know how to do her own makeup or she just gets trashed before she does these shows because her face <laughs> is beet red. It's swollen like a balloon. She looks like an oompa loompa. And then she doesn't even her her hair and my grandma's hair are just the same. They're just all like <laughs> knotted together, and it's just, the difference is that my grandmother's blind. So, uh, so, so, so you know that some producer had this great idea. That, oh, we do Rachel Ray unplugged, and we we show her at her natural habitat. People will love it, but that's that's really a terrible idea. Yeah, Rachel Ray in her natural habitat looks like she's. Did did you realize she's fifty one years old? I do know that, yeah. I, it's a conversation I have a lot. She she did the thing where she looked younger and better than she was supposed to for a really long time, and then it all kind of caught up right away. Right. We've got a rapid round of 10 questions coming up. Uh, Gabe, do you have those ready for us? Yes, I do. Awesome, and that's coming up next. Backstage, the one of the changes made to the theater, bigger seats. Why? <laughs> a lot of people think we have a weight problem in this country. I don't agree with that. I don't believe we have a weight problem until we're all physically touching each other all the time. <laughs> when it is solid human flesh from coast to coast. A lot of reports, investigative reports on TV, weight problem in America, they always start the same, sidewalk shot, regular people, right? Carefully angled, cutting them off at the head, we don't want to see who it is. Aren't some of those people at home later going, hey, that's my ass on CNN! That's not fair! Just stepped out to get some donut holes! The donut hole. The donut hole. Let's stop right there. What a horrible little snack. If you want a donut, have a donut. Why are you eating the hole? Now, if you want, you could take what they're calling donut holes, but they are not. They are donut plugs. You could take the plug and shove it in the hole, which... I don't even feel comfortable saying for some reason, but that would eliminate the donut, the hole, and the plug, but you still have a fat ass and people shooting you with a camera as you're walking down the street, so it doesn't work. Uh, I travel a lot, I stay in a lot of hotels, uh, a lot of buffets. Uh, the buffet is basically an answer to the question, well, things are bad, how can we make it worse? How could we design a food-human interaction environment that's basically like driving your dog up to Petco, giving him money, and saying, 
why don't you go in and get whatever you think you should have? You come back two hours later, the dog's wearing a headset, working there as an assistant manager. What, what is it about the buffet? It does fascinate me. There's something about it that breaks down the mind, reason, judgment, portion, sizes, combinations. Nobody would go into a restaurant and say to the waiter, I want a yogurt parfait, spare ribs, a waffle, four cookies, and an egg white omelet. People build these death row last meal wish lists. They, these, it's like a working model of all their emotional issues and personal needs. And then, then they can't decide when they're done, so they just start spinning like a robot vacuum with kale chips, maple bacon. They bump into the wall, muffin, 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 muffin. They start accosting strangers. Excuse me, where did you get that? What is that? I didn't see that. That's a caramelized chicken leg. I gotta try that. Give me yours. You know where they are. You can get more. Come on! Hi, friends. It's your old pal, the Dead Ranger. And while the supply lasts, you can stop in and pick up the armadillo recipe of the week. It'll show you how to cook them that secret old-time Texas way that locks in the juices. It'll show you how many parts you thought weren't edible actually are if you close your eyes. Yep, Videodeon, home of Atari, Bally, and Television, and the new Commodore computer is also your armadillo recipe headquarters. From something as complicated as armadillo on a half shell to something as down home as good old armadillo on a stick. With our recipes, you can serve your family armadillo every night. But you go in there and you, and you see so much that you want. If I got you, Jim, a $100 gift card to Leo's, I'm a bad friend. Unless you're buying gold-plated <laughs> pies, dude. Good point. We got a lightning round of ten questions. <clears throat> Gabe has a list of five questions for each of us. Uh, we're gonna alternate turns. So, uh, Gabe, whenever you're ready, go ahead and sh- tell us who's answering the first question, and then give them their question. All right, gentlemen, if you are ready, I do have questions for each of you. Brad, let's go ahead and start off with you. All right. All right, Brad. What is the best sound in the world? Female orgasm. All right, Jim. There's no, there's no better sound. <laughs> can, Jim, is there anything better you can think of right now? I, I like how you uh, say female, just like to, as if. Oh, you're, that's because you're a male orgasm is like the worst as if, sound. Ever. As, <laughs> as if you're throwing us off. Have you ever, heard, have you ever heard yourself and then, then been disgusted? <laughs> next question, please. <laughs> All right, next question, Jim. <laughs> there's no such thing as a good sounding male orgasm. Jim, what's your favorite thing about your best friend? Oh. The giant penis. <laughs> I'm not too good at lightning rounds. <laughs> my favorite thing about my best friend is that I haven't talked to him in 10 years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that actually along that line is the, the, the space that we give each other, that it's not like a, like a chick's best friend. Like, you know, chicks have best friends. Right. And it's like 24-7 stuff. Yeah. It's like we have an understanding that it's like... So your favorite thing about your best friend is that they're not needy. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you. Gabe Gabe knows that I'm like Gabe knows that I'm like super needy. I'm the neediest. <laughs> I'm the neediest friend just about it. Anybody that I've ever been a friend of is like that's usually why the friendship ends. So Brad just too much. <laughs> Phone numbers get changed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually I had to I had to I'm glad you said that. I was trying to reach Gabe the other day. Uh, when we were doing the show, and I had to, I had to tell him, I was like, "Hey, Gabe, not for nothing, but did you change your number? I can't get a hold of you." He's like, "No, my phone's off." I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." <laughs> Message heard, loud and clear, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question, Brad. This one's for you. On your last vacation, did you plan everything out beforehand, or just go with the flow? On my last vacation, not only did I not plan everything out ahead of time, I got into a fight with my female friend who wanted to plan out everything. Because I swore up and down to her that it was not necessary and that whatever she wanted to do, we could totally get done without a problem. And we spent the entire three days arguing about getting getting anywhere and getting anything done. We just fought for three days because I didn't do anything and she didn't want to do anything after she fought with me the first day. It was great. It's good vacation. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Almost all of them like go like that with her. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim, next question. If you won $100 million, what would you buy first? I would buy the company the company that I work for. You'd buy Show World. Brad, did you say a Subaru? Not, no, I said he would buy Show World. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Subaru. I'd buy 100,000 Subarus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Brad, do you drink coffee or tea? Uh, I had a green tea before the show, but I... I uh, I was telling Jim before the show started today that because of my uh, treatment for anxiety, my body reacts poorly to adrenaline, so I try to stay away from caffeine entirely. Faggot. Mega faggot. All right, Jim. Pretzel or bagel? Per, is it a soft pretzel? It is a pretzel. Your pretzel's soft. I would prefer a soft pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Mega faggot. Um, <laughs> I would prefer a soft pretzel, but I'll take the I'll take the pretzel over the bagel. All right, Brad. What is the worst song lyric you have ever heard? Um, it's that uh, Big Sean song. What was that Big Sean song we talked about that one time, Jim? Uh, it? It, I don't know. Doesn't it go stacks? How does that one? You know what I'm talking about, Gabe? The the Big Sean song that was popular like nine years ago? No. Hold on. I'm looking for it right now. Let's see, Big Sean. Is it, doesn't it have... Um, uh, excuse me. Big Sean. Doesn't it have Nicki Minaj in it? I don't remember ever talking to you about a Big Sean song. Yeah, it's ass. It's asked by uh, it's asked by Big Sean and Nick Minaj, where the chorus is just ass, 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 That was the worst lyrics I've ever heard. Right, so that would be the worst worst lyric you've ever heard, then, right? Yes, ass. The entire chorus is just saying the word ass, not singing it, just going ass, 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 ass. All right, and on that note, Jim, what is the craziest <laughs> thing you've seen somebody do at the workplace? Uh, I would think we should say it doesn't have to be where you currently work, any place you've ever worked. 
Well, okay. I guess if that's true, then I, I there was like a manager. I used to work at a local uh, like lawn and garden store. And the manager there got arrested and walked out by the cops for like stealing gift cards. Oh. So I would say that that was the craziest thing. He had a gift card wrangling thing. I had yeah. a I had a boss, uh, my first boss, uh, who boss who got fired. He stole twenty dollars every day for like thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> paper house with chicken with chicken nuggets. <laughs> it was a house made out of chicken McNuggets. There is a house of nuggets in New Orleans. I call it. I don't know how else it would go. What else we got there, Gabe? All right. So the next question. Brad, what is the most impressive skill you have? Cunnilingus. I am I am very good at cunnilingus. You would not believe how good I am at cunnilingus. I've had damage done to my scalp because of the scratches I received during the course of that act. <laughs> Man, that's intense. Aren't you glad you asked? All right, and then last question. <laughs> Jim, what is the last video game you completed? Oh, so are we talking about a video game with an end? Or the last video game that I played? Yes. The la- I think you said the last video game you, you completed. So like to the end of it, I would, yeah, that you've completed all the way. Um, I honestly can't remember the last video game that I completed because most of the games I play are... Like either FPSs or I'm trying to remember. Um, well, first person shooters end. Well, I mean like Overwatch or something where you're just playing. Oh, you're one of those rounds of of Overwatch. yeah. Overwatch. What's wrong with Overwatch? Uh nothing except for the people that play Overwatch are Shut not up. cool. Shut up. How many how many gigs of of Overwatch hentai are on your hard drive right now? Because I think that everyone who plays our Overwatch, I think that's what they do when they're not playing Overwatch. Hashtag secretly formats phone. Yeah, wait, what's the uh, what's the one? What's the one that everyone that plays Overwatch is the, the one chick that everyone that plays Overwatch is all about? Uh, I don't know. There's a few of them. Oh, there is. See, I knew it. He knows. Watch. He, he's about to. He's about to. Spoil well, I know the game. characters because I oh, play you the do. game. Of course. of course, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. What kind of what what games what games the last game that I finished was Doom Eternal. So what game did you finish? I honestly I can't even, I couldn't even tell you. It's been that long since you've played a game uh, that oh, had yeah. an end. Absolutely. So you've just been playing Splatoon and Overwatch for the last seven years. <laughs> It probably wasn't even a like a recent game. It was probably one from like the eighties or the nineties. Yeah. Well, I remember Battletoads. Ba- ba- Battletoads is the last game I have, I finished. You finished Battletoads? No, no. I'm just I want to see your reaction. Oh wow, yeah. Battletoads is a tough game. I got not without game genie. I got a pretty not without my game genie. I've I've uh I've gotten. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten pretty far in Battletoads, but I've never finished it. I don't think anybody's. Finished and I think Battletoads. that everyone who complains about the. Uh, the uh, the racing part. What's that? The what is that called? Oh well, there's a few of them, but there's one with the bike. The not the bikes, but yeah, the the hover, they look the like hover jet skis. The second one. Yeah. The first one. I think people always complain, and it is sort of a brick wall when you play the game the first time. But once you, 
I feel like the first one is pretty doable. The second one is a son of a bitch. There's like, yeah, skateboards. Oh man, the second one will actually kick your ass. I was Brutal. watching. Uh, my my youngest brother is 17 years old now, and I was watching a collection of video game commercials from the 90s. And so I noticed something about video games of the 90s, uh, starting in the late 80s, pretty much around Sega, all the way through to the end of the Super Nintendo. It was like back in the 90s, the main pitch for the game during the commercial was to advertise how badly the video game could physically kick your ass. So it would be like it would always be like this kid and he's in a chair and he's playing the game and then he's slowly getting more and more into it. Then next thing you know his eyes start twitching and then his hair starts melting and then his chair tips over and the TV explodes and it's like and it's like Metroid 2 this game will blow your brains out. See that that was kind of the opposite of the impression I get. So I I feel like the first generation games are like that and then in the in the 90s when they go to the Genesis and the SNES the focus tends to be more on graphics right and the, the well yeah and then the graphics sometimes they would advertise that the graphics would make your eyes bleed be like the graphics will kick your ass you're like <laughs> what, why is it there's one there's one commercial for kirby i think it's kirby where there's just like this gluttonous man uh let me see if i can get it up here uh, Gabe, do you know which one I'm talking about? Have you ever seen this commercial? I think I do. And isn't he just like eating in a wife beater or in a, yeah, like a white tank yeah, top? Yeah, he just, yes. Yes. Uh, he's just eating it until he literally explodes. Oh, I I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and those games back, uh, I forgot to put in commercial. Let's see here. Commercial. You know what he explodes like, Jim? He explodes like that whale in Oregon. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. He does. It's Kirby's dream. Is it Kirby's dream course? Where is it? Let's see if it's this one or not. Yeah. 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 Wait, no, yeah, it's not. Shane. No, no, it's not this one. Where is it? I know there's, or is it maybe not a Kirby game? Kirby's. It might not be a Kirby game. How many Kirby games might- are there? There's a lot of Kirby games. Now that would be something. What if you what would what if the last game you finished to completion was Kirby was Kirby's Big Adventure or whatever the hell it's called? That seems like unlikely to be a Kirby game. The guy in the wife beater. It just doesn't sound like it goes with Hold on. Nineties. I know I've seen this video game commercial. And there's there's all extremely violent commercials. It's like we're gonna give you this video game and somebody's gonna die. I always thought it would be like very interesting to be in on the um like the localization discussions. Right. Like from Japanese things to American things because just because of the culture differences. That would be a great job to have, like the localization manager. I one time watched a GDC conference presentation. Uh, that was redundant. Sorry, um, a GDC presentation where there was a lady that. Um, thank you, Gabe. There was a lady that uh, did not. She her job was to go through and pick apart everything that could ever be possibly offensive to any culture in order to localize video games. 
And I was like, this is probably the most miserable bitch to ever have a conversation with on the planet. Because her job was literally take, you know, the art and be like, "Um, your cross cannot have three spokes because Christians would be offended. And then you're like, okay, fine. We take the spokes off. And it's like, all right, here's the commercial right here. It's for Yoshi's Island. When is too much, too much? So this guy is just eating spaghetti (laughs) and hamburgers, and he explodes. Because of the content of the game. Yes, because the content is just so extreme. And this this is a commercial that would play during Saturday morning cartoons and wrestling. Right. Well, at the time, you didn't think anything of it. I mean, it wasn't, you know... It's not like it was that graphic. It was like right. a cartoon in itself. Right. Now nowadays nowadays parents would be traumatized that their kids are being traumatized by the commercials. Right. But I just remember being struck by that. I was just sitting there, it's like every one of these commercials is advertised. and you're right, the games in the nineties were easier than the ones in the eighties, but the commercials and marketing was always about how ass kicking the games were. It never I was like, What well, I don't know that any of this was ever necessary. Yeah. It's like you want to buy Yoshi's Island and get your dick knocked backwards. Okay. But but the localization is really interesting because I, and t- until you were talking about that last thing with the lady doing that, like I would never have put much thought into how difficult of a job it must be because you got to go through the, you got to go through the text and you got to go through right. the graphics and you got to uh-huh. know different cultures and languages and, and how things are perceived in different countries. Yeah. And uh, and then then besides that, you're there's a high probability that you're going to miss something, and you're still going right. to have to go back. And then you lose your job, right? Or at, or after. Um, so, you know how some people, some people have a, a very hard time unplugging from their job, or, right. or like like for me, working in restaurants for so long, I can never not walk into a restaurant and not evaluate it and its operations according to how I see it as a manager or the person in charge, right? So imagine if you're that lady. <laughs> she her job is to be offended all day every day for other people. Yeah. And then like you have you have her and her husband over for a cocktail or like for a barbecue or something. How does how do you think that party would? Go? Yeah, that's got to affect you. And, and she probably doesn't even realize it. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's let's jump in the hot tub. And then she would have a list of twenty reasons why it would be unacceptable and offensive for anybody to get in the hot tub. Like, all right, how about you just leave? Right, she must have have any friends whatsoever, <laughs> or or could like how could she? Right, she'd be miserable. Right, um, you know what made me really miserable, Jim? Was it the weather? Is well, the weather always makes me miserable. Rochester, Gabe, you have no idea how bad the weather is in Rochester. It's almost as bad as the way your mic sounded last week. <laughs> That's too. I think pretty bad. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to come clean in front of Jim and I right now. And I, whenever I say Jim and I, it always sounds like I'm saying Gemini. Gemini. So, yeah, I, I'm self-conscious of saying it, but I don't know another way to say it. Well, you should be saying Jim and me. During the game. Jim. Jim. During the game that you played with, with that gentleman, David, last week, were you eating a bag of chips? Um, Not that I recall, but it's it's not <laughs> out of the... Did you have a... Did you have a bag of snacks? I was, you know snacks. what? Now that I uh, now that I recall, I believe I was in fact <laughs> eating a Popeyes chicken sandwich, and it was delicious. <laughs> Gabe, we're doing a show here, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know who had to edit out and suppress and noise cancel and click cancel every single time you ruffled through that freaking bag. 
And every time you I smacked your lips, plate, and every time I you sat, okay. What makes it even I worse, Jim? Did you hear? Did you hear the game that he played? Yes. Yeah, I heard the game. Okay. Have you in the history of our show has any contestant ever been ass smacked as hard as Gabe was? Uh, Gabe, what I'm saying is I don't think your head was in the game last week. It was you against the world, and you're eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And then, and then I had to take it out of the show. It was me against that chicken sandwich, Brad, and I won. <laughs> he got the chicken sandwich. He doesn't care about the game. Yeah. Oh, but I, the world. This man, for that entire 20 minutes, this man rifled through. But it felt like a bottomless plastic bag. What did? You, okay, so you had a chicken sandwich, and then what else? Because you ate the entire 20 minutes. That was the chicken sandwich. I clean my plate. I it took you 20 minutes to eat a chicken sandwich? Absolutely. Wow. But well, we had a show, I and I was playing a game, I so I had to stop to think. And, and... <laughs> No, I don't think that... <laughs> no! <laughs> you you had two masters at the time, and I feel like the, the lesson to be learned was you can't win the game with your head out of the game and a chicken sandwich in your hand. See, I thought I could, but yeah, I think this goes to show that, yeah, you're right. Right, but the other question I have now: You're telling me that all you had was a chicken sandwich. Well, I had fries there too. There were fries. Oh, okay. Now, see, the truth comes out. So you were rifling through the bag for more fries for the entire time. No, the majority was a chicken sandwich, but I'm sure I was grabbing for fries. Now that you know that we're going in depth. Does this count as fat shaming? I guess it's a preventative measure, right? That could be. So, uh, will you do us all a favor and not eat when you give us the news in the next segment? Absolutely. I'll make sure of it. All right. We'll be back. Italian loafers without socks? Deconstructed linen suit? Something missing? Complete the look. With a flesh-toned sleeveless t-shirt at Vice City's one-stop shop for people who dress for success. Wow, you look like everyone else. Complete the look. You do everything in your car. From talking to friends, to watching a movie, to turning tricks with a coworker. So why should you get out of your car to eat? At Up and Adam, we're from a time when America didn't worry about global warming, cholesterol, or who could vote. Drive into Up and Adam today. Up and Adam, food from when we were morally superior.
segment four of Broken Link Radio, uh, and uh, we just had a quick show meeting in between the break, and I just realized that uh, in my communications and neediness of trying to get Jim and Gabe together for the show last week, I had two people that were unaware that we were doing the show last week, so I managed to uh, get a show done with Gabe, and uh, he didn't know we were doing <laughs> And then I got a message from Jim last night. Uh yeah, yeah, morning. it was this morning. Was this morning or last <laughs> night where you told me that you didn't realize you didn't realize that I was trying to put together the show last week. So, I'm a I'm obviously a very good communicator. I'm about as good of a communicator that as uh as I was at the funeral. <laughs> I wish you communicate me with with me like you do at funerals. Yeah, exactly. Um so, let's get to uh Gabe's news and notes from the world's worst sounding newsman. All right, let's do this. So, getting right into it from MSN. Major League Baseball has discussed a has discussed numerous amounts of options for how the season can begin amid the coronavirus outbreak. Apparently, though, it is Arizona or bust for MLB, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. Passan says that an Arizona-Florida structure will not work because of the traveling player and players would be unwilling to go overseas to play baseball. There was also a Japan rumor um, that would be starting out there. So that leaves us with the Arizona plan. And quite honestly, it makes a lot of sense if they do not want to play the 2020 season at all. Or if they do want to play it, to play it in, t- in Arizona. So some players have already voiced their displeasure with any sort of deal revolving around the idea of isolating themselves completely and leaving their families behind for a while. However, a lot of unmarried players like the idea of playing in Arizona, especially because yeah, they, they do. <laughs> just want the season to begin. Passan also notes that the hope would be for the Arizona plan to be temporary and for teams to be able to return to their homes uh, and home cities once the coronavirus pandemic is under let control. Me, let me tell you something about Scottsdale, Mesa, Glendale. Chandler, all those places where they play baseball. So Major League Baseball wants to try to put together a season, and the amount of travel that it would take to do the season regularly would be mitigated if they put the entire uh, uh, if you put the entire season in Arizona, there's enough stadiums and enough infrastructure for them to be able to do the entire season uh, down there. Now, Here's why I don't buy this thing where they said that uh, the players don't want to do the season because of their families. Do you have, I will tell you right now, if you're in a relationship with a Major League Baseball player or you're married to a Major League Baseball player, he's cheating on you with whatever Scottsdale whore he can find on Friday nights in Old Town Scottsdale. So this nonsense that they don't want to go and be away from their families or their wives or what have you, in, in Arizona instead of playing their freaking season because they're professional athletes, I don't buy it one bit. Isn't there another sport that I've that I heard recently that they that they want to try doing in a different country? I actually didn't hear the Japanese thing at all. I've I, that Gabe when he when Gabe said that it was the first I ever heard of it. Was it basketball? So, I want to say it was NBA. What country can you do? I thought the whole world was on fire because of coronavirus. I I don't know. Just less less. Uh, I don't know, less strict regulations, maybe. So that's the, uh, that's the gist. Okay. I just want to put that out there. My, 
a, a close personal friend of mine was sleeping with another woman's husband during spring training because that's what you do in Arizona. Okay, so this the the family thing. What a joke! These guys just don't want to go to work. And the other thing is, I don't understand what would be so bad about just getting the season done uh, in Arizona for a little while. It'll all blow over eventually. So I I heard I heard whiffs of the story, and I was just kind of like, this is this is BS because there's no there's no reason that a game like baseball can't be played amidst uh, our current circumstances because. It's just a bunch of people playing baseball. Like, they're literally not sneezing on each other. It's not like basketball where they're sweating on each other's brows, and, and it's not like hockey where they're checking each other in the face, and it's not like football where they're sticking their thumbs up each other's asses in, in scrum piles. Like, it's baseball, dude. Like, what is the deal? I, I, I don't get it. I didn't quite understand what the, what, the, what the issue was. What's next, Gabe? All right, so with this and um, the next one that we have here, so they're still – Trying to make a decision on the baseball. Some more soon to come. So, Gabe, if you're eating a chicken from... sandwich right now, I swear to God. <laughs> I clean my plate. I clean my plate. I am not. I assure you, this go around, I'm not. The, the next story, I'm not, right. not so sure. But this one is from The Mirror. So, during the coronavirus lockdown, some people will be going shopping for their vulnerable family members, friends, and neighbors. When doing I do this, this a lot. It's important to make sure they're stocked up on the essentials. But for one woman, her most essential item came as a big surprise to her daughter. Kelly Mueller dropped by her 82-year-old mum's house to see if she needed anything to get her through self-isolation. The pair uh. were talking <laughs> through a window when her mother, Annette, p- produced a huge handmade sign with an important message on it for Kelly. In bold black letters, oh. the sign proclaimed that the older woman needed more wine. And to hammer her point home, Annette also waved an empty bottle of wine around. Kelly, who lives in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, is one of six kids, found this whole thing hilarious and lady prosi- later posted a photo of the sign on Facebook. She's- hey there, she wants wine. She said that I went to my 82-year-old mother's house today to check on her and said if she needed anything. She was waiting anxiously, awaiting me at the window. Her post quickly went viral, thousands liking and sharing. Many people also commented on how relatable they had found the whole thing. I aspire to be her, joked one person. Another wrote, love it, can I borrow the sign? Kelly later shared an update to confirm that Mama Mueller had gotten her wine, sharing another photo of Annette smiling with a full bottle in her hand. Why, um, I'm still trying to figure out why Lisa's Liquor Barn and the, the wine store, <laughs> Liquor Barn, I love the Lisa's Liquor Barn commercials, Lisa's Liquor Barn, come on down to Lisa's Liquor Barn, it's the most Rochester accent, one of the most Rochester accents you'll ever hear on a commercial. <laughs> um. But the the uh, liquor store around the corner, it's more of a wine store, really. But the liquor store around the corner is open throughout all this. Is what exactly, I mean, you, you can use wine to cook with. I use wine to cook with. I drink. But if you had to shut down the liquor store because it's, quote unquote, non-essential, I wouldn't argue with you. Like I don't understand why the liquor stores are open. 
everything's open. Like I don't, I, I don't feel like there is a differential, <laughs> a difference or a distinction made between essential and non-essential because even things that seem non-essential are somehow getting like like squeezed into this category of being essential like like grand almost like grandfathered in somehow yeah the wwe uh is listed as an essential <laughs> service in florida as of That's crazy. Uh, the other day i mean they they had like a very strict definition of essential when this whole thing first came out but it was like very quick to change what's next gabe all right next out of los angeles Mad Mike Hughes, a self-styled explorer and daredevil bent on proving that the Earth is flat, was killed over the weekend when his homemade rocket crashed in the California desert over the weekend. (laughs) He had a homemade rocket. His homemade rocket that crashed in the California desert over the weekend. Michael, I would love to know what's Gabe. I'm sorry. What was his name? Michael Mad Mike Hughes. Mad. I know a Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes. Does he okay. build rockets in his spare time? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what's what's interesting? And he's a flat earther. What's interesting about this gentleman here is uh, you you think how much money NASA spends to launch a satellite or or launch a rocket into space, and it's like in the billions of dollars. And uh, I Mike Hughes's net worth, according to Celebrity Net Worth, here. It looks like he's worth. Looks like he's not worth enough to be on the net worth list. So I'm not sure how this was going to end any other way. Now, what I'm curious with the flat Earth thing is how that connect connects to the the rocket crashing because you know there's some kind of irony here. Well, so <laughs> I'm trying to think. So I'm trying to think of the, like the trigonometry involved here. <laughs> you, if you take off straight, straight, straight up, right? You take off straight up and the earth is flat. Does that mean when you tre you're you're does it say in the story if you ever got to space? He couldn't have gotten to space, right? Oh no, he didn't go out to, uh, to <laughs> He did not get to space. No, no. A videotape of the incident in which the rocket appears to fail shortly after takeoff in the Mojave <laughs> Desert outside Barso, California was posted to Twitter by Justin Chapman, a freelance journalist Boom! who was filming the launch. <laughs> Shoot. Failure to launch. Another rocket gone. <laughs> Mad Mike Hughes just launched himself in a self-made steam-powered <laughs> rocket and crash-landed. Hold Very on. Likely did Hold not on survive. a second. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. You say that the rocket was steam-powered? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to take him... <laughs> How does that even work? <laughs> so, the, so is Mike Hughes a steampunker? Yeah, because a rocket... A rocket, just by definition, is rocket-propelled, rocket-fueled. So it's not... At that point, it's not a rocket. It's like a... What is what is a steam-powered <laughs> rocket, then? Is that just a... It's like a... Uh, obviously, it's a it's catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. But... You know what? I just have to say, like... I will say this, though. He's a flat earther, so of course he made his rocket. Well, wait a minute. This is a conspiracy. This is obviously a, an attempt to shut him up. By the 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 round earthers because they he was onto something. Yeah, they don't want steam they don't want steam rockets <laughs> to catch on. Sorry, Gabe, go Chapman, ahead. 
You're fine. Chapman told the Los Angeles Times in an interview that Hughes, 64, might have been knocked unconscious during takeoff. The parachute ripped off at launch, Chapman told the paper, so the rocket went straight up in an arc and came straight down. The video appears to show the launcher attacked to the back of a truck. The San Bernardino... What? What? It was on the back of a truck? This... The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office told the Times that it would conduct an investigation into the incident. I don't know that an investigation is necessary. It's gravity, man. It's it was gravity. a steam-powered rocket on the back of a truck. Case closed. <laughs> you know I'm looking up this video when we're done with the show. <laughs> Hughes, oh, man. Yeah, we'll have to wa- we might have to watch it next time. Hughes gained fame in 2002 when he jumped a Lincoln Town Car Stretch Limousine 103 feet at a speedway in Paris, California, a stunt certified by Guinness World Records as longest limousine ramp jump. The silver-headed daredevil later took to trying to prove that the Earth was flat and building rockets in a quest to launch himself past the Carmen Line, the boundary between Earth's atmosphere and outer space. Oh, okay. See, I don't even know what the Carmen Line is. All right. Yeah, this guy's this I would say this guy's way out there, but he sort of crash landed. <laughs> All right, so the I mean go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> the next story <laughs> from CNN. There are many ways to rob a bank, but most of them can all be broken down into two general stages. First, you make a surprising threat of force to the bank staff to give you the money. Then you say, take said money and escape. Surprise being the operative concept here. Giving banks even a minute to prepare for your antics is guaranteed to result in countermeasures ranging from security guards and security, uh, secret alarm buttons, the full lockdowns and inevitable parade of cops. Case in point, these two would be robbers from Fairfield, Connecticut, tried to adapt a novel approach to the noble they art. They would be robbers. <laughs> Of bank that would heisting. be a good. That would be a good uh, movie trailer. It's like a. It's like in a world, right? And then it's like uh, where money is everything. Two men robbed a bank without even knowing it. <laughs> and then it's like Tom Cruise. And uh, who else would be in that movie? It'd be like uh, it'd be Tom Cruise, George Clooney, <laughs> Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, uh, George Clooney, and Sasha Baron Cohen. Cohen. They would be robbers. This it's fall. like the Expendables. It's like the uh, all the the washouts of action movies. The, the ensemble, the ensemble <laughs> cast. <laughs> all right, so they call the head to let the bank know that they were coming. Just about Albert Bailey and his juvenile accomplice didn't much feel like going the traditional "this is a robbery" route with guns and masks and all that jazz. Rather, they adopted a more gentlemanly approach. They called ahead to alert the bank of the upcoming shenanigans. So actually, exactly what she said, Brad. Bailey began by calling the bank to let them know that this robbery business was totally going down. After presumably being put on hold for an uncomfortable amount of time, he told the person on the other end of the line that if the bank wouldn't give $100,000 in large bills oh, to Jim, his accomplice... Oh, hold on a second, Jim. I've already, I've already watched that, but they don't show anything. You've already watched it. It's just one of the stupid news videos. I cut out the the details. Hold on, this guy. Okay, man, out to. Okay, yep. Okay. 
That one might be good. That looks, it's got German, All right, German subtitles. Gabe, in. we're going to interrupt your news for a guy watching. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I think that's the parachute right there. Oh, here it comes. Oh. <laughs> it's like pointing straight down. <laughs> Bro, that did not work at all. <laughs> oh, it's the replay. How is it? How, oh, how is it that he's standing directly <laughs> under it as it falls back down? Dude, why is your rocket on the back of a freaking truck, dude? Well, the Soviets, the Soviets launch rockets like that. Well, those are military trucks, right? What kind of? Hold on, I'm gonna look at that. What kind of truck is that? It's an Isuzu. Or is it? Oh no, he he didn't have it on the. <laughs> oh, it's like. <laughs> Dude, that's like a flatbed tow truck. <laughs> well, he's not a military. He doesn't have a military budget. What do you expect him to have? Well, of course he doesn't have a military budget. He's got a steam-powered rocket. <laughs> wow, this one goes frame by frame. Dude, this flight lasted, like, seriously. Was it 17 to 18 seconds. I think the Wright brothers lasted longer in the air. <laughs> oh, no, dude, <laughs> Dude, that is a terrible way to go. That's got it. That had to have been a suicide mission, right? Like he knew he was gonna die. But in space, <laughs> I think is where he expected. Oh, so to die he was happen. in the rocket. I I didn't realize it was a man. It was a manned rocket. Yeah, dude. The dude. The dude, I thought he was standing the underneath. Dude made a steam powered rocket that he and launched himself in. It. Oh, I didn't. Wait, he <laughs> to prove that the Earth was flat. I don't know. He was going to go into space with no... I, <laughs> I thought he was standing underneath it as it fell to the Earth, but I don't think that disproves no, flat dude. Earth because you still have three dimensions. It's so... I like I never understand this stuff. Oh. Oh, that did not... That did not... Happen. I like how the, the people that posted the video put RIP as part of the title. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do feel bad that he died, but but man... That is a hell of a way. Well, to that's go. like the uh, the Darwin things or the Darwin Awards. Yeah, yeah. Natural selection has has weeded out the gentleman who thought that the Earth was flat <laughs> and thought that steam was going to get him to space. <laughs> All right. So, what about these black kids? <laughs> who said they were black? <laughs> oh, that's right. He didn't. They were say robbing they were black. a bank. <laughs> <laughs> They're robbing a bank and we're talking about jazz. Is that? <laughs> It's a stick up, she. The natural yeah. assumption. <laughs> this is a stick up, she. I want all your best money, she. Shame. So, <laughs> so the two gentlemen, after being on hold for a large amount of time and were unhappy with it, <laughs> they stated if they did not give one hundred thousand dollars in large, large bills to his accomplice, his accomplice, yep. his accomplishments, his accomplice who would soon be popping by to pick uh -huh. it up, there would be a bloodbath. <laughs> Wow. The employee, understandably surprised that the robber would kindly give them a heads up, immediately called the cops and started initiating a lockdown while waiting for the police to arrive. So they, they gave moment, the bank a head start on shutting down a robbery. If you don't give us this money, my buddy is going to rob you. He's on the way. So, so what? So what's wrong with me assuming that they're black? <laughs> At this exact moment, Bailey's accomplice strolled over to a teller <laughs> and gave right them by a that, one. <laughs> that said he was the guy picking up the money. 
To the shock of no one except maybe the robbers, the police showed up and apprehended both would-be thieves because Bailey was sitting outside in the getaway vehicle. Pretty much nothing went their way because they had specifically requested a non-die pack pack bag of cash. That exact thing exploded when it was thrown on the ground after the suspects were confronted by law enforcement. So maybe the lesson here is that planning ahead isn't always the most effective way to get a job <laughs> done. Would-be thieves. I always, I never understood why people wanted large bills. Well, because you have five times as many bills if they're small. Yeah, but bills. they're so much. It's so much more inconspicuous. You walk around with hundred dollar bills all the time. Come on. Oh yeah, you got to mix it up. I uh, I used to do this move. This is what this used to be my move back in my twenties. I used to go. I used to go out right, and uh, I had a job. Where we at the time I didn't have a I didn't have a checking account right so uh, because my job uh, paid for my room and board um, and stuff so I, basically the money that I made which it wasn't a lot but I didn't have any bills except for my cell phone bill and my car insurance and I had already paid my car off in cash so I would go I would take my <laughs> paycheck on Friday night and I would cash it out and then I would get my paycheck and put it in my wallet all in large bills. So that when I would go out, this is my move. Are you ready for this one? I would walk up and I'm like, "Hey, uh, I uh, I normally don't I normally don't talk to people at the bar." And this, of course, I'd be talking to a chick. And I go, "I normally don't talk to people at the bar, but uh, I'm just trying to break all these hundreds I got here. If you wouldn't mind, let me buy you a drink." Boom, I'm in there. Because I would have like I would have like nine hundred and fifty dollars in cash <laughs> on me, and they'd all be hundred dollar bills. It's a good move. Yeah, that's how I acquired my exceptional skills at Cunnilingus. What could go wrong? All right, Gabe, thank you for the news. Uh, we are out of time today. Jim, I will see you next week. Gabe, thank you so much. Goodbye, fellas. See you later, scumbags. <laughs> <laughs>